Hey, so it's uh, been a while, and uh, I feel like I haven't talked to you in nearly a month because that's almost true. So ridiculous. So if you uh, heard yeah. our last episode, you heard what we did. So me and Casey haven't recorded or really spoken to each other that much in about a month, right? Like especially well, on the phone anyway. Um, so yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. But uh, I'm pleased that we didn't trash the episode at least. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think the episode was bad. We just recorded it like 17 weeks too soon. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, well, like the, our holiday episode, holiday recap episode came out in the middle of January. Because why not? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are professional podcasters, you and me. We sure are. All right, I guess, mm-hmm. it, it, does that mean that we are professional podcaster? Is that how this works? Well, so like, does the, the, the plural become singular? Uh, yeah, yeah, and the singular becomes plural. Is that how the thing know. goes? Maybe, maybe. Fair enough. Hey, uh... I made some improvements to Potador, Potator, Potator. God, it's I, I, it's I gotta find a new name. I think you need to lean into the American D sounding T. Potator, yeah. So like Potator, yeah. Because yeah, when you right. when you put the T in, that's what that's what breaks it. You're right. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. All right. So you had your second. I believe this was the second Potator episode. Is that right? And uh, sure. And it sounds like it did not go well. Um. No. No. It was. It's just fine. Right. Like I feel like you made. My requested changes. Um, I have more requests, uh, but uh, now I'm not going to ever edit the show ever again. (laughs) See, I was trying to set you up for that joke, (laughs) and you did not take my alley-oop at all. That's okay. So Mike has decided that he hates my software so much that he's Uh now making it somebody else's problem to edit the show. Yes, that's it. No, no, it's not exactly that. Uh, I just decided this year that I am going to edit less shows i'm I'm giving a couple of shows away to the wonderfully talented jim messendorf who, who edits a handful of shows here at relay fm um and the reason i have done this okay so probably go back a little bit so the shows that i'm that i am giving to jim uh are shows that are not timely, as in they don't have to be released on the day that they're recorded kind of thing. There can be a couple of days between recording and release, which is what's happening, and or shows that I don't really feel require much of a creative hand from me. So analog is one of them because Casey does it. So all I am effectively doing is editing by and large to Casey's request. And and I make some changes here and there, but not so much that I really feel like I have a ton of creative agency left in the edit. Um, so I we're gonna I'm gonna hand the, that over to to Jim to take care of for me instead because it doesn't. I just don't feel like it requires my time and the reason that my time specifically I should say right like it requires time from someone and skill from someone but I don't feel like it necessarily has to be me that does it because of the weird setup that we have created for ourselves. And the reason that I'm doing this is I'm trying to increase my overall longevity and save my wrists. Because my RSI situation is probably worsening uh, oh, that's not over good. time. It's more in that... Whilst I had another flare-up recently, I am more likely to feel my effects more frequently. So I'm managing it. Um, I'm making considerations. This is one of those considerations. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the less editing I have to do, 
the better I will feel from it is my theory. And so I'm I'm kind of prioritizing the shows that require my edit um, and getting some help on ones that don't necessarily need me. All right, that makes sense. One of these days, I'm just going to find the time and gumption to buy myself and money to buy myself logic and either teach myself or force you or Marco or both of you to like sit down and teach me how to do the edit myself. Because now that I've been living in Final Cut Pro for the last couple of weeks, which we'll talk about later, um, uh, I feel like I am probably intellectually capable of doing whatever it is logic needs me to do to make this I work. I don't think you need any teaching. Maybe not. I don't know. But so I'm here's the thing. It. Here's the thing about teaching. So we're going to talk about PodCon shortly. But one of the sessions that I went to at PodCon was um, you could watch Griffin McElroy uh, of My Brother, My Brother and Me fame, The Adventure Zone, etc. Edit. He showed how he edits. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything more baffling in my entire life. <laughs> in a bad way? Like it was not the way you do it? I, it couldn't have been further away from the way that I did it. He didn't use one app that I use. He used all different apps, and he uses a Mac. And so every single app that he uses is different. Oh, wow. Just fu- fundamental differences. And one of the reasons for this, in my opinion, is there are, there isn't really a standard way to do this. Um, and so because every app is so different, there are fundamentals about like kind of the way that you line stuff up and the way that you, you know, make sure that you get things edited properly. Um, but it's so different that I don't really think anybody can teach you specifically. And considering you already know how to use Final Cut, all the tools are transferable. You just need to get the language to Google it. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you're not looking for a blade tool cause that doesn't exist, Sure, but you're looking for a tool that will cut. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I taught myself Final Cut in the exact reverse way. Right. Right. <laughs> right? I knew sure. how to edit audio so i could like kind of fumble my way through editing a video Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i actually think that um video editing is easier than audio editing but that might just be because i've been doing audio for longer but audio is way more uh unforgiving it's like er errors in in audio uh can be a real bear to fix and video i personally find for me that you can hide a lot of your crimes, but you can't really hide them in audio. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So I, I think I think the problem uh, is that I don't really know the fundamentals. Like, yes, I understand that I need to line it up so that we're not, mm-hmm. you know, you know, completely offset from each other. But mm-hmm. I don't know what the other basic things are that wa- that every relay podcast is expected to have. You know, to some degree, I do. You know. Typically, we use chapters. I know you don't have to, but you know, there's some things that I can that I can understand. But I think that there's a lot that I would need to hear once, and then to your sure. point, I would probably just yeah, figure yeah. it out from there. You know, like I could tell you, oh, this is how I make sure that all of the audio tracks are right. kind of consistent in volume. But like that's a those are quick things. Like I, do this and just run this tool <laughs> or whatever. Sure. Um, but I think you should just give it a go anyway, because what else you got to do? Yeah, nothing, not a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I actually, the more the more I think about it, the more I think I would like to give it a try. But isn't logic like two or three hundred bucks? No, oh, I don't know. Just business expensive. Like, it's still, just... it's still my money. What, d- 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 start with GarageBand. Oh God, no! I'm you know, the I, fundamentals I, are the same. I respect myself enough not to do that. No, no. Like get six, which you probably have on your Mac, and try that. Like two hundred dollars. My word. 
It's a professional tool. How much was Final Cut? Either two or four hundred. Now I don't remember. Yeah. So so like for some reason you wanted to make YouTube videos, so you felt like that was a, a justifiable expense. But the the thing that you make all of your money from, which is podcasting, <laughs> you somehow think that it is unacceptable to buy a tool which is tailored for you to produce it. I hate you so much right you gotta, now. You gotta, you gotta check yourself, son. You, you gotta get yourself in, in line here, I think, a little bit. Or as Bastion's recommended, oh, why don't you just God. get Ferrite and just try Ferrite? Actually, you know, that's actually that's that's a pretty good choice. Isn't that like only 25 bucks? Maybe you should maybe you should not bother learning logic and learn Ferrite on iOS, uh, because they're probably gonna make a macOS version when when Marzipan, if yeah, Marzipan, yeah, yeah. right? Like so maybe that's a better option for you. And then you can be uh, one of these ferrite wizards like Jason. Yeah, maybe, maybe I will do that, actually. That's a good point. Ferrite is, is way cheaper. It's like, well, okay, so it's way cheaper, but like, I don't know, it's like $30 or something, right, to get like the full version or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I do think that you should just play around with it. Just so you know, I mean, look, you are a podcaster, like that's what you do. Uh, maybe if you ever had any other ideas or projects that you wanted to have, you won't be limited by who you couldn't do them with because you could do the edit instead. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. All right, maybe I'll buy Ferrite. See now, you're, you're, it's like you and Marco both. I can handle fighting one of you off from you know spending all my money, but now now that you're joining Marco and spending all my money, I'm I'm screwed. Well, it's just when we come down to these discussions, you know, I'm never gonna. I'm never going to roll over on the video stuff. Like, we're we going to talk about one of your videos today, but like, you got to respect, you got to respect podcasting, Casey Liss. <laughs> you got to give it the respect it deserves. Indeed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Today's episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at Squarespace. You can make your next move of a beautiful website from Squarespace. They will let you easily create the site of your dreams, the place for your next idea or project. Squarespace have 24-7 customer support. They are there to back you up if you need anything. There is absolutely nothing to install or patch or upgrade with Squarespace. They make everything as simple as possible and give you all of the tools that you're going to want to make the website that you're looking for. You can get a unique domain name so people will know where to go right so to type the domain name in you can register all that with squarespace you can customize and take advantage of beautiful award-winning wonderfully customizable templates and you have all of the functionality you're going to need to make the website you want Maybe you want to create a blog or a portfolio. Maybe you want to add an online store to your website. Or maybe you want to do something like which I did with a Squarespace account last year. We set one up for our wedding. So we created a wedding website. There are templates that are specifically made for events and weddings and stuff like that. So they already have a lot of the page kind of layout taken care of. And you can enable and disable whatever functions you need. It really is. It's so customizable. It's so extendable. Like This is why I have used Squarespace for so many years. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can sign up for a trial today. Go to squarespace.com slash analog. It's a totally free trial. You don't need to put any credit card information in, and you can play around with the full system. And then when you're ready to put your website public to the world, you just sign up for one of their plans. If you use the code analog at checkout, you'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. That is squarespace.com slash analog and the code analog for 10% of your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Michael, tell me about PodCon. How was your trip? PodCon! PodCon! Muckbag! So uh, I was in Seattle uh, some point 
than the last. I'm so like, I'm so disorientated, Casey. It's it's really bad. I oh, don't even know if it's jet lag. There's a Britishism. Disorientated. Really? Yeah, it's disoriented. Oh, disoriented. To me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like that one. Um, January nineteenth to twentieth. So it was, it was about two weeks ago. Uh, but I didn't come home until midweek, so I've been home for about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and like. It's not even just a jet lag. I've just not been sleeping very well. And uh, I'm operating on like probably on average four hours of sleep every day at the moment. Like it's just a big mess. But it, so, that's, so that's why I didn't know where I was. But anyway, this is by the by because PodCon 2 Electric Boogaloo was amazing. Good. I loved it. I had a better time at PodCon 2 than I did PodCon 1. Oh, fantastic. And I think that there are a lot of reasons for that. One of the big reasons for me is I wasn't this horrific ball of nerves the whole time. <laughs> and why is that? Because I... So if you cast your mind back to when we spoke about PodCon in, like, I think it was late 2017, one of the big things for me was, like, I was so hyped up and, like, wired about meeting people that I really respect and have great appreciation for right yeah, like the, yeah, the yeah. podcasters that i enjoy and one of the reasons so it was not only the first time i was meeting a lot of these people and being in this environment that i was unsure about i also wasn't sure if it was the last time that i was going to be in an environment like this mm-hmm. right nobody knew if they were going to do another podcon and even if they did i don't know that i was going to get invited back right so I was really kind of like uh, wound up the whole time and unsure about it and like going through the whole imposter syndrome thing, you know, like, do I actually deserve to be here um, amongst all these people, all that kind of stuff. And then when I had any interactions with people that I respected, I just kind of like blurted everything out that I wanted to say, (laughs) right? Like a deer in the headlights kind of situation and would just say whatever like, oh, let me show them my you know so that cool. kind of thing uh, be my best friend right so like that <laughs> kind of stuff um, so this time I I I didn't have that because I'd already met a lot of these people and I was back in the environment again um, having been back there again I felt more validated uh, just that, that maybe I'd, I deserved a place and you know because they I don't know why they invited me the first time. I don't know why they invited me the second time, but I'm sure it's probably because I did a decent job the first time. That would be my assumption. Um, so it was really great for me on a bunch of levels. Like I got to have like actual real human interactions with people, um, just like regular interactions rather than these interactions that were built up in my mind for weeks before about how they were going to go. Like I didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. But like last time I was like, you know, in like you, you're going into some kind of social situation and your brain is planning out like every possible avenue that the social situation may go down. I didn't have any of that this time. So I was much more relaxed and I'm and I had a great time. It was really nice that like again, so analog listeners, we did this last time and everyone behaved themselves, right? This conversation is just for us. We don't share this conversation. With the people that were the, at PodCon, okay? It's just Yeah, that's not cool. Us, it's not funny, right? not It's just cool. in these 
two ears. I, you know, it's not four walls, right? I don't know where they are. <laughs> I might not be in a room right now. But this is just for us. But like, so there was there were people that remember me. Like when I walked into the room and Roman Mars was like, "Hey, Mike, how you doing?" I was like, "Oh, hi, Roman. <laughs> so good to see you." Um, so it's just stuff like that. It was it was really nice. Uh, I I had just much much nicer interactions with people because I was way more relaxed, and I'm sure that that put people at ease. Um, I also got to meet more people, spend kind of like I had more uh, conversations and stuff with. Um, some of the creators that were there the previous year that like I didn't really know how to approach people uh, so it was yeah it was really great and there, there was I don't remember who it was that said this at one of like I think because the night before PodCon begins um, the, the creators that are participating in talks and all that kind of stuff all met up in the venue and they took us on a little tour of the space so we could, because it had changed a lot. Um, it was actually much better. They took up less of the convention center in Seattle this time. So things were way easier, to, faster to get to. They kind of spread mm -hmm. it out quite a lot the first time. So like they clearly learned, um, not from a mistake, but they, they just kind of like refined it and it was much easier to move around. So we had to go on like a little tour and somebody said that we should all just agree that it's okay that we haven't all listened to each other's shows. Mm, and like mm -hmm. when I kind of thought that, I was like, yeah, this is okay. Like these people don't need to know who I am. And then I was more happy, like not happy, but felt more comfortable talking to people who I either didn't really know or was like tangentially aware of, you know, like I know this person has a popular show in such and such field but I don't listen to it because it's not the kind of show that I'm interested in. So then like last year, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't want to seem like a, an idiot, right? Yeah, and, yeah, And like go up to this person and be like, oh, hey. And they're like, oh, you know, I mentioned it on the show. And I'm like, ah, yeah. You know, like I didn't really, <laughs> again, social situations, right? Um, But I, so like when I kind of, I kind of took that to heart. I was just more more comfortable talking to people who I had no idea who they were as well, right? Like just because in the, you, we have to kind of, as people that are participating in things, you kind of have to spend pretty much your entire day in the convention center because you might be doing such and such thing at this time, such and such thing at this time. And like on, I had like four events that I took part of, and on Sunday I had three of them. Right, like it's so, you know, you you kind of spend a lot of time in the convention center, right. hanging out and waiting around, and they set up like a a room. You can think of it like a green room, right? Like it's a big room, and they've got food in there and stuff. Um, and this is where kind of like the people participating in um they use the term featured creator uh which is how it's described it makes me feel icky when i say it in an environment like this it's like oh I'm a featured creator <laughs> it's a nice term it's like but it's it's like i don't really know how to to express it without sounding like a tool um so like the people that were taking part in events would would kind of just be hanging out in this room um and you kind of like last time I was finding myself like kind of standing on my own a lot because uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was just too awkward to approach a group of people mm -hmm. and just like get involved in the conversation. But this time, what one of the things that helped me is I knew a few people from the year before and I had a couple of friends that were actually there for the whole time, um, which wasn't the case the previous year so there was a good chance that if there was a group of people i knew someone in that group so i didn't feel like i was just like 
steamrolling into a conversation. <laughs> yeah. So like if it looked like it was like a large group and it wasn't like a private thing, then maybe I'd just go up and I'd take an empty seat and we'd just get involved in the conversation, you know, like and so that was a thing for me this year where I was just finding myself kind of being happy to and wanting to be like more involved in what was going on. So so that was really good. That's awesome. Yeah, I the the whole wallflower thing, that's me. Like, I, I feel like we've talked about this on the show, but I don't think I'm very good at, like, the cold introduction of just walking no, up to I'm someone. No, I'm not good at it either. You know, I'm not good at it either. And I do feel like I can reasonably hold my own in conversation, even with strangers, once I've found that way into the conversation. <laughs> One of the things, I mean, I don't know if this is the case for you, but, like, I was never great on it, and my life over the last five years has made me worse at it, because... Uh, a lot of the time now when I go to something for work, right, I even know the person or I'm going into a situation where by and large, I can assume people know who I am or know something about what I do, mm, right? Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. we're going into these environments where it's a conference for Apple focus stuff or we're going to WWDC and we're someone stops me on the street and I can just infer that you know who I am by and large by the point that you decided to talk to me or right, I'm doing right. a live show in New York City and you've come to see me so if we're talking afterwards I can just talk as if you know who I am so totally. I'm way more comfortable in talking to people that I don't know assuming that they know something about me which has made it worse for me when I'm in a situation of meeting somebody for the first time who knows nothing about me because I don't practice that skill as much anymore because yep. I'm not in a traditional working environment anymore. So it's made it way harder for me. So that was what made it worse last time. But this time I kind of just like sucked it up and kind of got on with it, right? And and figured and realized that it's not, it's not uh, the hardest thing in the world once you can get in to the swing. Yeah. I, I find that I often like psych myself out of it, which is, I think what you're you know saying now. And, and it seems like this insurmountable thing to just walk up to a group of people you don't know and start conversation or, you know, meander your way into the conversation. But well, once I'm able to figure that out or find my way in, usually I hold my own pretty well. And I think I speak for you in saying that too, mm -hmm. but man, it's scary. And my natural like order of things is to be a wallflower and wait for someone to come talk to me, which is the worst possible thing to do at a conference, but God, it's scary. But mm -hmm. nevertheless, uh, tell me, how was your signing? Uh, it was really good. I didn't, um, I didn't cause anyone any significant issues this time, time-wise. <laughs> if anything, I started it off too fast. I oh, was yeah. like, like speeding through everyone. Um, but it was great. It felt like there were more people than the year mm -hmm. previous, which was great. Uh, I, I was way more comfortable with it because I had a better idea of what to expect. Um, they were called meet and greets this time, but they were signing sessions. I was sitting mm. behind a table. People were coming up. I had my posters. I signed. I lost count of the amount of devices, iPads and phones and, <laughs> so and Kindles and stuff that I signed, uh, which I, I I take great enjoyment out of that now. Previously, I was terrified about it, but now I'm kind of like, well, this is your bad decision, not mine. Right? <laughs> so like, <laughs> I'm just going to go for this. Uh, but So I take great pleasure in signing people's iPads now. Um, and yeah, it, it, I was really pleased with how it went. I was way more, again, way more confident, um, and taking charge of the situation and like 
you know, there were people that were like, they would come up and they would get something signed. And some people would ask for pictures. Some people like had their phones in their hands, but didn't ask. And I'd be like, well, do you want a photo? Because like, I know in those situations again, right, that like, as somebody approaching the table, they don't really know what they're doing, right? Like, it's all like these awkward social situations. So I was more comfortable in being like, did you want to take a picture? Some people say yes, some people say no. But I know that, like, if I was attending an event like that and wanted to take a photo and forgot, I would be kicking myself. So, yep. you know, I was like, if you want to take, you know, so it was, it was a much uh, cooler experience for me. I kind of in advance knew the things that I could ask people. Like, I had like a, set of questions in my head right because i don't i don't like the idea of like someone coming up i sign a thing i give it to them and they walk away right. um so like i like to just ask people a question or two and have like a nice little interaction um you're never gonna in these scenarios like it's the same as how it was for me in the year previous like i had this idea in my head of like oh i'm gonna meet these podcasters that i like and then it's gonna be this incredible like life-changing positive experience that's never going to happen, and I know that I can't give that to to the however many people came uh, to my signing. But I can I want to go the mile of at least attempting to, to, to for them to walk away and be like that was nice. Yeah, totally. Right? So it's a it's a big thing. I will put a link in the show notes if you didn't see it uh, to the poster that I had made. It's which very good. It's very very good. It is the the brief of the poster was a sequel, um, and so this one it's it's. Uh, Mike and his impossible flying machine, uh, Miyazaki style, right? Studio Ghibli style. Uh, it's beautiful. It's created by the wonderful CJ Rowland, uh, who has done my last poster. And I always am trying to find new projects for CJ because his talent seems to kind of hold no bounds. So yeah, super, super good. Yeah. And I'm on there. That's all that matters. Yep, all of my co-hosts are hiding away in the screens at the back, uh, which is really, really good. Uh, very, very cool. I love it. I love, love, love this poster so much. So, uh, I'm also going to put CJ's uh, Instagram in the show notes so you can check out his work. And you'll see why I wanted to work with him in the first place in case you hadn't really worked out already because his talent is just so obvious. So um, He's a great guy to work with. He's very easy to work with, and, and, and I like him. So, uh, again... If you if you out there need this kind of thing, I think he takes commissions for just like portraits and stuff. You actually see on his Instagram page there is a portrait that he did for Adina, which she 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 demanded a photo, a, a portrait basically <laughs> when she saw mine. Um, so I commissioned a, a portrait of her too, which uh, she she now uses as an avatar, I think, in certain places. So that's very uh, good. So there's very that. Good. Does is this done on an iPad? Do you know? Just out of curiosity. No, he actually draws it on paper. Oh, and then scans it, yeah. Because he sends me like like kind of rudimentary scans or pick or like photos, and I I love that about his process. I mean, I've never actually asked him in detail, but like from what mm -hmm. I could gather, mm -hmm. is he draws uh, with like pencil or pen and ink, right? And then he scans it into a computer, I believe, to color it. Uh, that, that's what I believe he's doing. Um, which again, I mean, obviously speaks speaks to me very kindly. And then I get, I mean, because I have you know. I have my paper guy, Matt. Uh, he helps me get them all printed, and I have these beautiful posters. But I always end up with, I have like 70 extra of each of these now. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Just pepper them uh, around the apartment. It's just here, because you, I always get more than I need, because with printing, it's actually not that expensive to get more of something. Right. Because so much of the expense goes into the first one, 
and then the cost goes down. So I just get extras every time because I don't want to buy 100. So I get like 150 or 200 depending on the price. Not that I ever know what I'm going to do with them, but I just have them. Because I, I like shudder to think what it would be like if I told people to come to my thing and then somebody comes and I've run out. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's, so that's, that freaks me out, the thought of like of that. You know what you should do? What you should do is every time somebody comes to the flat apartment, whatever you call it, house, uh, mega office. One. I've, yeah, I've sign many one people have walked away. Many people have walked away from my home with one of these posters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Uh, did you get to speak to any of your heroes? I mean, you kind of danced off some of that earlier, but do you want to tell any specific stories? Or do you want to keep that just for you? Sure. No, I did a couple of panels. Um, I was feeling a bit, so my panels were both on Sunday and I was feeling a bit off on Sunday. Like I was like, ah, I don't really know if I know what I'm doing here with these panels, right? Like I felt like I was moderating them both and I wasn't sure if I was going to be like adding enough and like how much do I speak? Because it was different to the panel that I moderated previously where last year I basically moderated the panel just by asking questions. Um, but these ones, one of them had a a lot of uh, audience Q&A participation. And then the second one was called Origin Stories, where a selection of podcasters came together and told their origin stories. And then I was moderating a Q&A afterwards, right? So it was mm -hmm. like, it, do, like, it was never really completely clear to me if I should share my own origin story. <laughs> like, I wasn't 100% sure what, what was expected. Um and I may, I don't think I, well, I clearly didn't do a good job in communicating my requirements, right? Of like actually asking. Um, <laughs> because as well, like, I think one of the great things about the PogCon creative team is they are like kind of a little bit like, do what you want to do. Right. But I wasn't sure what I should do, right? Like, I wasn't sure if I should share mine. But, uh, you know, the person that I had the most respect for out of everybody there is Griffin McElroy, and he was on that panel. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and Griffin was sitting next to me whilst on that panel. <laughs> no pressure. And Griffin's origin story is a very emotional one because of a lot of stuff that his family went through that actually led to my brother, my brother, and me being created. Um, actually, I'm going to say, I, I don't want to spoil it because it is possible for you to get the panels. So PodCon have a digital pass, which I think you can still buy. And it's not a lot of money. Let me see. How much is it? It's uh, $40 and you get all of the panels, all of the recordings, everything. It's brilliant. It's like, it's it's a great thing. You can hear all the panels. I recommend it. Um, but he was telling like his origin story and uh, was just telling it to me, which oh, was just like, a, it felt incredible. like a very nice moment mm -hmm. because he's just like, talking to me the whole time and we're sitting next to each other and it like it really touched me like emotionally because it was well i mean it wasn't the only one though everybody on the panel had a very emotional story to tell mm -hmm. so like as by the time that kind of started at the one end and by the time it got to griffin's story then i was just like super emotional so then i told my story and then like it, it, it was just like a very nice it was it turned into a very nice panel you know, Doug Beal in the chat room. Doug was there. Doug says it was great. Thanks, Doug. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it immensely. And that was that was a real highlight for me was getting to kind of like share that moment with someone that I have so much uh, creative respect for. Um, so yeah, that, it was really great. Like that, that alone made the whole trip worthwhile for me. I was very, 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 very pleased with how that panel went. Um, 
I got and I had some special moments for myself out of it. So so happy. Uh, I hope they do it again, and I really really hope they invite me back again. That's awesome. I would love to go sometime. Um, I was talking with uh, my friend Curtis earlier today, and it's tough because I I feel like any time when I'm away from the family has to be tactically deployed, you know, and there's like 800 different things like leaving the finances out of it, which is, you know, financially also a burden, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many things I would love to be able to do and go and see and participate in. And, and I have to be very selective because that's an incredible burden, both financially and especially on Aaron to, you know, have the kids completely and utterly by herself, typically for several days at a time. But man, this is one of those things I would love to go sometime. And even if just as a participant, you know, much less a, a speaker or a, a featured creator even, <laughs> but I would love to be able to do it sometime. It seems like PodCon is really, really cool. Yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, it is uh, vastly superior if you are a fan of the shows of the people that are there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because it's part creator event, part fan event, and it really helps. It helps, I think, a lot more if you are a fan as well mm-hmm. as being a creator. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. What else is awesome? Let me tell you all about Pingdom, Casey Liss. Mm-hmm. I love Pingdom. We use Pingdom here at Relay FM because we want to know if our website is up or down. It's very important. You have to know if your website is available because that's what people use websites for. They go to them. And if your website cannot be gotten to, that is an issue, <laughs> right? If you've been <laughs> listening to the show and your website went down, how would you know? How would you know if people couldn't get to it? Do you want to be sent a tweet or an email no you don't want that you want something to tell you exactly the moment that you have an issue that is why you need pingdom the moment your website has any problems they will alert you in the way that you want to be alerted pingdom system is super smart you can set it up so that the information that is needed to solve an issue just gets sent to the person who needs it so depending on the issue depending on the severity whether that's one person or your whole team it can be customized really nicely They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable at Pingdom. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every single minute. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor, and they take care of the rest. Don't risk being the last to know about something on your website breaking. Start monitoring your site today by going to pingdom.com slash RelayFM. You can get a 14-day free trial there with no credit card needed. Then when you sign up, use the code ANALOG at checkout, and you'll get an amazing 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their continued support of this show and RelayFM. All right. So after long, long wait... I have finally released the latest Casey on cars. Yeah, I have I have some stuff I want to talk to you about this. Now, I have heard you on ATP last week mm-hmm. uh, talking about the delay, and it hasn't been recorded yet, but I'm sure that you're going to go into the video in the after show of ATP this week. But I feel like I want to talk to you about it too, so we're going to talk about it. All right. Um, so just as like a brief recap. Sure. Uh, why? Why? Why is it? How long? Let me check. There has been a four-month gap between videos. Oh, it gets worse. Wow. Yeah. Well, so in that in the, in the video that that you're seeing re- that we released or I released a few hours ago as we record this was actually filmed uh, way back in um, in August, which is kind of uncomfortable. Well, actually, you're you're following a pattern. Did you know this? Why is it four months every time? Three, four months every time? Your first one was 12 months ago. Then it was 11 months. Then it went 
to six months later there was one, and then there was one the next month. <laughs> so you're, you're you are actually shortening that gap. Yay! So I am expecting another video from you in about two weeks to kind yeah, of keep the totally. trend alive. You know, you joke, but I actually just this morning sat down and planned out the next six months of videos, and I'm hoping to do at least Ooh, once a month. Editorial calendar, mm-hmm, editorial mm-hmm. calendar from Casey List. Yeah, we'll see if I actually succeed on this, but that is the intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so this was recorded in between the Golf R and the GTI videos. So okay. the recording timeline is Golf R, this car, which is a Honda CRV, and then GTI. I deliberately mm-hmm. held this video until after the GTI because I felt like having the Golf R and the GTI, which are kind of two versions of the same car, if you want, if you'll permit me to oversimplify, uh, it seemed to make sense to me to have them back to back, and I stand by that. What I don't stand by is the following five months afterwards where I just kind of sat on this. And I sat on this for a variety of reasons. I sat on this because um, I wasn't overjoyed with the video and audio that I took. Like, I wasn't embarrassed by it, and, I, and I'm not embarrassed by it, but it wasn't great. I had I feel like I'd learned a lot in recording this that I was able to uh, leverage in the GTI video that was filmed after this. However... I now have like this, this mental burden of needing to live up to the quality of the GTI video while having footage that is not up to snuff as compared to the GTI video. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so I sat on it. I think I procrastinated with it for a while and probably more than I'm really admitting to myself. And then the entire holiday season happened. And for me, that means at the end of October is Declan's birthday, then Halloween, then Thanksgiving, then Christmas, then New Year's. And then finally, in the last couple of weeks, I've been able to get back to work in a more traditional way. That doesn't mean I've taken you know, three months off or whatever. It's just that I have been way, way busier with some work stuff, but especially like life stuff than I have been in a long time. And because of that, I just kept shelving this. And I think some of that is justified, but I think a lot of it is me just procrastinating. And, um, and I, I, Mike has put in the show notes and I think you've nailed it. So I'm going to take the wind out of your sails, even though I've given you uh, credit. Uh, do you think that you may have dragged your feet on, on this because you were less interested in this car? And I think that that is absolutely some of it. Like the car is nice. Aha! It's a nice car. You've been um, rumbled. Yeah. So I, 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 it absolutely is. Some of the problem is that it's just not, the kind of car that I would buy. Spoiler alert. And that doesn't mean it's a bad car. It's a great car. It's just not my kind of car. And because of that, spoiler alert is a great name for a YouTube car series. <laughs> it's true because it, so it's a pun there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, very well done, Mike. Uh, anyway, so I think it was just a bunch of different that. factors. I you can take that and run with it. You, maybe you want to create like a segment or something in your <laughs> in your in your show. Maybe I'll do that. We'll see. Do I have mm-hmm. to credit uh, copyright Mike Hurley 2019? No, you can take it. It's okay. just yours. That's a gift. Oh, thanks. Thanks, buddy. So anyway, so yeah, it, it's just, it was some, some procre- probably a lot of procrastination and some just life got busy. And, and I am actually pretty proud of this video, given the input, like given the footage that went into it, which I'm 50-50 on, like some of it was good, some of it was not. But given what I had to work with, I'm pretty proud of the output. I'm also pretty mm-hmm. proud because I think the video in its first cut was something like 15 minutes, and I was able to shave it down to less than 10 if you don't include the 12 seconds of title card that's just, you know, no, that's black screen count. at the it's, end. It's over 10. It's over 10. It's, ah, in, there. it's, in, the, it's in the runtime. It's in whatever. there. Whatever. This one was too long for me, man. Like, so here's the thing. 
you don't find the car interesting. I'm certainly not going to find the car interesting or exciting, I should mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, so a 10-minute video about a car that I'm not that excited about, this this made it the hardest one for me to watch. Okay. At, for, because I didn't think it was a cool car, and I could tell that you didn't either. Um, and so, like, in previous videos, like, I don't necessarily think the Golf R is exciting, but I know you were excited about it, sure. and that excitement came across, where this one just, it didn't have the same level of excitement. But kind of in the stage that you are right now, it's fine, because you got to learn another car, right? Like, and this is kind of like the point. It's like, you've got to make more of them, and that means that you might end up with some less exciting cars, but then you have to work out how to make a good video out of that. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, this is probably a better video for people that want to know information about the car. Sure, but sure, I sure. don't. Um, and it definitely has some um, entertainment value to it. There's like a whole section where you're talking about the car that beeps, and it's really funny. Like you do a really good job of it. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But there was, I, I just think it, it didn't. It didn't have the same level of Casey excitement that I've come to expect from Casey on cars. Yeah, I think that's fair. And. And something I've struggled with the entire run of this series, if you'll permit me to call it that, is that... Two is a series, yeah, well, <laughs> you know? So you're up to six, yeah. aren't you? Four, five, twelve? Five? I don't know how many. Five, I think? Five. I don't know, it doesn't five. Yeah, five. Um, but anyway, yeah, being... like, I, I think I am getting better in general at being synthetically excited. And I think you see some of that in the GTI video, actually, where I, I did a better job of being over-the-top excited. Or, well, I feel like I'm being over-the-top, but I think it comes through on the video as just excited. So a great example of this in the GTI video is me talking about the fact that it has a sunroof. And I deliberately made like a big stink about it and like had a different cut, if you recall. And I'm standing in the inside the car, I'm standing. So my head and torso is popping out of the sunroof. Mm-hmm. And when I filmed that, I was like, oh God, you are cranking this well past 10, past 11. You're cranking this like 15 or 20. But when you watch it back, you have to over dial it. Right, you have to overdial it for people to adjust back to this to kind of the regular level. Right, and so I think I did a better job of that on the GTI video than I did on this one. And I think some of that is because I was excited to try the GTI, but a lot of it was the GTI was a it, it, well, it was the GTI was a more interesting car, and I I had the 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 experience of the CRV, the Honda that we're talking that, that that I did today. I had that experience to realize, oh, I really need to crank this up even higher. I need to go past 10 to 12 to 15, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, it's it's funny you say that it was too long. I, I'm not saying you're wrong by any stretch, but I really am proud of how much I cut this down. Yeah, I mean, that's gra- it's great that you got it from 15 to 10. Like, I commend that, right? Like, that is great that you were able to do that because anything over 10, and it would have been, it probably would have been difficult, like quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just saying it was too long for me as somebody who is inherently not interested in the car stuff as much. Yeah. This one. So like, I'm not necessarily your best test case. Um, but I just like for me personally, uh, it was, it was on the long side. Yeah. And that's fair. Um, there was definitely some problems on the input. Um, and it seems like you were dissatisfied with my audio situation. (laughs) Yes. I continue to be, uh, dissatisfied with your audio. Um, so you did that thing again where you narrated something, the, the yeah. section about the brake light, you narrated it in your podcast gear. No, um, untrue. Nothing on that video. Did, what Nothing. did you do then? Something uh, changed. It did. So there, uh, I'm very frustrated right now and not at you for the record. So there were definitely some points where I narrated. That is correct. I, the only p- thing the podcasting gear was used for was the engine revs. That is it. 
everything else, anytime it's my voice, is either my lavalier mic, or mm -hmm. you are correct in saying, oh, this sounds different. That's actually the onboard mic on my iPhone, believe it or not. I think okay. the thing is, though, that it was like two inches in front of my face. Yeah, because the bass, it was the bass. There was more bass in your voice. Mm -hmm. and, so. and I think in retrospect, I should have, even though there's no reason on paper to use a lavalier mic for that, in retrospect, I think I should have done the audio with a lavalier mic so it's less obvious that it's a different microphone. Right, but this is, I, why did you change to the onboard like, why did you do that, though? Because there's no reason for me to use the lav mic, because I was... Yes, there is. Well, I mean, yeah, the <laughs> well, we keep just going through <laughs> right, right, The yeah. reason is, it stops your audio from sounding so different. Yeah, like, Because yeah, yeah. it sounds different when you're going from inside and outside the car, but you're going from inside and outside the car. So, like, visually, the change is the same. But when you've got, like, two different sections interspersing each other with the car, and the audio sure, sounds different... Sure, sure. There is like there is a, uh, there is a I mean there's there's always the issue of like your general level of enthusiasm right that's always going to be something that people struggle with mm -hmm. but like it it stands out in a way that um I think that you don't want and this is something I wanted to, I have some stuff about B roll but like I wanted to mention about um the audio so I had like an I had a thought for you right mm -hmm. I have a, a, it just kind of came to me because there was one point you were showing off some of the incarnate entertainment stuff and you cut right? You made a cut mm -hmm. because obviously you had to restate something. So I thought to myself, what if you did two takes of all of that B-roll stuff where in the first take, you're doing it for audio, but the second take, you're doing it oh. for video. Oh, I, see what you're so I see your point. Mm -hmm. Then you take the audio and you never need to cut the video. That's interesting. And it's, it's actually worth trying for sure. I don't know if it's possible. Well, the problem is that I'm interacting with the screen, so I would have to figure out, I would have to have my timing damn near perfect, you know, to get that to make sense. Do you know what I mean? Sure, but, sure. But it's still it's still something worth trying. That is thought technology I, I, I did not have until moments ago. The other ago. thing you could do is for all of those parts, you have two cameras. That's mm -hmm. the other thing. So yeah, then when yeah. you make a cut, the cut looks like a visual thing, which is the way that most people will do this anyway. Yeah. So like you have two cameras. So like you have a camera that's showing you, um, mm -hmm. but not showing the camera that you're using, right? So it yeah, has to be set up tough, in just a perfect yes. way. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's not massively difficult. You just point it from the other angle at the screen, right? So like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. That you can work it out with some framing, um, but then you can cut between the two of them. Uh, so that, that's just a thing that I noticed, but... You know, it's what it is. What it is. This is YouTube you're doing here. You know, you haven't got a six camera rig, so people are t typically more forgiving <laughs> sure. of cuts. But it was just something that popped into my head. So I want to talk about your B roll situation. I was actually I was fairly satisfied with the B roll situation here. So so well, so here's the me. thing. I think you have gotten as good as you can at the way you're currently doing B roll. Mm -hmm. So now I want you to make it better than what you're currently doing. So. One of your big tricks, one of your big things that you're doing for your B-roll, a lot of movement, there's a lot of movement going on. So you're walking around the car, mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. going through the interior of the car. Mm -hmm. I don't think you need to do that because there's a couple of things that are happening. It's too much motion because you're speeding up the video to fit within the time frame of the audio that you have, right? Am I? 
You definitely are. Nope. There's no way when you're walking around the car, you're doing it at that speed. And if you are, you're moving too fast. Well, right? then I'm so moving like, too fast. Because... What I'm saying is it's too quick, right? So I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's moving too fast. So it, so if you're not speeding it up, you're moving too fast, Okay. right? So it, it's you can't focus on anything. I think you would be much better placed just taking a series of steady fixed shots that you switch between. Okay. You don't okay. need to show every inch of the car by walking around it. You can like, here is one of the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here is one of the front. Here is a diagonal view. Because there's, I think that there's too much movement happening. And with the speed that you are going at, it doesn't make it seem professional. Because you are not using a full steady rig, right? You are using a gimbal. So mm-hmm. there is still an element of movement because you're moving up and down. Like it's stabilized, right? But like there is movement going on. So I think it would just be way easier for you if you just like, you took a shot for 20 seconds, moved, took a shot for 20 seconds, right? Like, and then just you could intersperse them. Then you also have a bunch of clips you could use for B-roll later on. Um, yeah. I think, so this is what I've noticed now. Now that you've gotten much better including the B-roll, I think you can make the B-roll look crisper because at the moment, I think it's it's missing something. I, I think that makes sense. I I think overall I agree with you. I still personally like the idea of doing a walk around of the entire car in toward the beginning as kind of like an establishing shot. However, I don't necessarily need to like sprint it to your point. Well, I don't, but I just don't know if you need to do the movement. Like what you're doing with the walk around is showing every angle of the car. Mm -hmm. You can do that without walking. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Is what I'm saying. So like you would get a shot of every angle you want and cut between them. Sure. Because the cutting also helps with the feeling of advancing through the video. Yeah, I right, guess it, it speeds up the pace a little bit. All right, that's fair. Um, I would say give it a go. Do your thing. <laughs> give it a go with my suggestion. No, sure, I mean, sure, sure. Because this is your yeah. video, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I want you to make the decision you like. But, like, just give it a go and see what you like to look up. And if you prefer yours, then you should do that. You shouldn't just do totally. what I say, right? Because I'm no, I'm no expert, right? But, like, so, but it, that would just be my recommendation to you. Because when I'm watching it, something feels off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. To me. Well, for the record, it's, I don't have Final Cut Pro open at the moment, but I am almost positive the only video that was sped up in this short film was the lift going up because that takes like 50 seconds or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but that's fine. But because what's happening is you're moving too quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're doing these things, it's include, especially, I think actually, especially the interior thing. Yeah, I agree with you that that I if if I was going to slow anything down, I absolutely agree the interior was, needs to do better. And I also don't feel like I've really cracked how to appropriately show the interior. No, I, I know what you're doing. Like, so in case anybody hasn't seen it, so what Casey does, he like opens the trunk of the car and then basically takes his camera and moves it through over the seat and up to the front. And I I can see what you're doing. I'm just as with you, like I don't know if that's the right. I don't know if that's the way to do it. So yeah, again, yeah. you could maybe just with a selection of shots, right? Like, open the trunk. Here's a shot. Open the doors. Here's a shot. Right? Like, and you just do a selection of fixed shots, mm-hmm. which you can cut together. Could be another way to try that out. So like maybe you keep your walk around of the car, but for the interior, you stop the movement one because I. Yeah. I that is almost like a little bit disorientating for me when I see when I see that 
specific camera shot. It look it's like it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. Like I, I probably would have done the exact same thing that you did, but like the execution of it is missing something. Mm-hmm. And, and and it might just be that it's not the right thing. I'm going to go back to the audio because there's something I meant to mention. Are you using Final Cut Pro's match volume function? No, I am not. I had no right. idea that was a thing. You need to do it because your volume levels that? are all over the place. You know, and it's funny uh, you say that because I actually went through the whole video in by hand, tried to get it as normalized yeah, as I could. I am not I saying know. that I did near as good a job as a computer would do, but I did actually make an attempt to do that. And it's clear that I did not do a perfect job. It's called volume. Match Audio, so just Google it. Oh yeah, I see the. Um, it's not enabled it. on because um, now I do have Final Cut Pro open. It is not enabled at the moment. No, it is a function you have to perform for all of the audio tracks. You're still going to need to do some manual adjusting. Mm-hmm. This is going to get you most of the way there, because there's some stuff which is. I mean, look, because some things are going to suffer from you are outside, right? So sure. you're still going to need to do some tweaking. Uh, but I, I think that there is some. Tweaking available or some in there for you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that because I, I I know this is like Final Cut Pro 101, but there's a lot of this stuff I just don't know. And so um, I, I appreciate you that. I appreciate you calling that to my attention. Uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely run that on the next mm-hmm. on the next video for sure. What else? So, yeah. When is that next video then? Well, it's funny you bring that According up. According to the editorial calendar. <laughs> well, so... Um, uh, what was it? November. I spent uh, about six hours and I filmed what I, what I've been calling to myself a casual Casey on cars. So not quite as thorough, not quite as serious isn't the right word, but like, you know, it's just a kind of like a quick hit, you know, like a quick look at something. And what I did was a, a a model three and a model S Tesla model three model S both of them at the same time and kind of went back and forth between the two. And I took a whole bunch of footage and I, you know, kind of squirreled it away and I haven't really opened it since. And my intention is starting either the end of this week or beginning of next week to start looking through that footage and seeing if I can make heads or tails of it. My, my hope Mm -hmm. and my intention is to do somewhere like a five or maybe 10 minute video, hopefully closer to five minute video about these two cars. And I hope that I have enough footage to support that. I'm very nervous, however, that I have the video, but I don't have good audio for it. And I say that because I don't feel like my um, my lavalier mic was dialed in the way it should have been. And I'm worried that the audio is going to be either way too soft or way too noisy or something. And then if that's the case, my thought is, well, maybe if I have enough B-roll or maybe even if I just acknowledge the fact that I've re-recorded this after the fact, you know, can I can I still make heads or tails of this video in some way, shape or form? And if so, that'll be the February video. If that doesn't work, I think what I'm probably going to do is do a, not a re-review, but kind of like a six months on, what is it like to own a Golf R? You know, here's the things that I still love about the car. Here's the things that kind of annoy me. You know, a a longer, almost a long-term test of the Golf R because I have ended up buying a Golf R. And that's my backup plan if I can't get the Tesla stuff to work out. I hope that I can get the Tesla stuff to work out, especially because I'm leaving, I'm, I'm uh, keeping myself to a lower standard. I don't expect it to be as fancy or as long or as, or, or as, I don't know, interesting isn't the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? Like not as extravagant as these, even though these aren't really extravagant anyway. Um, but 
if that doesn't work, I'm going to do the Golf R. And then subsequent to the Golf R, I want, so in March, I I plan to do Aaron's car, which I've been wanting to do for over a year now and just haven't had the time. And so that's the, that's the plan for March. And then after that, I do have cars tentatively planned, but they do not belong to me. So it's, it involves a little bit more um, quarterbacking. And so there's, there's thoughts there, but I, I haven't locked anything in subsequent to March. Okay. I don't know. But you want to do them though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I hope I, I my hope is that I at least get through one a month. And I really mm-hmm. I want to be able to do more, but between the 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 physical availability of the car and the fact that it takes well these cars I should say, and the fact that it takes me 85 years to edit these videos, um I'm scared to even hold myself to a standard of more than one per month. But if I can do like weekly, which would never happen because I don't have that many cars available to me, but just for the sake of discussion, if I could do weekly, heck yeah, I would do it weekly. I just, I need to ease into that. And even just being deliberate about one a month, I think would be a, tr- a dramatic and tremendous improvement. I think my challenge to you would be, is there a way for you to produce more videos more frequently that don't require there to be a new car? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe you focus on a specific little thing. Maybe there's like some news that you want to talk about and you find a way to present that in some, in like a format that is interesting to you. Because I think one of the problems you're going to continue having is the editing is going to continue to take a long time for you until you have more experience with it. And at one video a month, you're not going to, you're not going to speed up very quickly and that and this is going to be it will end up being a pain point for you i think going forward and may become a little discouraging if you're if if you can if you find it to be a struggle um so and then also if you can think of things that you can do that don't require there to be a brand new car to review every single time it will reduce the requirement for there to be a brand new car for you to review every time yeah agreed i just don't know what that looks like well i know but like have you thought about it well, I just I don't think I just don't think I have enough to say about the same two cars that live at my house. You know what I mean? Right, like, but it doesn't need to be that. I'm saying like it could be something else, but car related, right? Like it might not be a review. Yeah, what I should do is I should just I should just talk about the latest car related news. And you know, maybe I don't even need mm-hmm. video for that. Maybe I could just do that maybe with audio only. Podcast, yeah. <laughs> or maybe you could make little videos, though. Maybe you could make a three-minute video about a specific thing that you find interesting about a car that you don't have. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's nothing stopping you doing that. Just, you know, getting a car, testing the car, and then making a video about the car. It's always going to be a long process. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you're right. And my hope is that I, as as I get better and better with Final Cut Pro, uh, and we'll just more experienced with it, I will get better with it. And I agree with what you're saying, that one a month is not a quick way to get better at Final Cut Pro. But I think that more frequently than once every two to six months will definitely make a tremendous difference. And plus, part of the reason this video took so long was because I was trying to make heads or tails of footage that I did not do a good job of, like, kind of sorting out when I took the footage. And Mm. I also don't feel like I was terribly proud of a lot of the footage from a technical perspective angle, you know? So I'm hoping that as I learn how to do better B-roll, how I, as I learn how to make sure my audio is locked in before I start recording a whole bunch of stuff, as I've actually gotten, um, I've gotten a new film camera, well, not literally film, but a new um, video camera, which is my new still camera, which does video, but it also does 4K. So I can use that for the next review. And that will add a whole bunch of visual 
uh, improvements for the ex- for the exterior shots, which I think will be really nice. You know what I mean? So also gives you more flexibility too, because you probably will. St- I would assume you'll still be producing videos in 1080p, like that's what you release them as. But with a 4K, 4K image, you can zoom in more. Your videos are currently 4K. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's why I didn't record using my previous still camera because it only did 1080. And so, um, but my new still camera, which is a new version of the same one I had, will do 4K. And and that's and I hope to do that for anything that's in, that's the camera on a tripod, which isn't usually my B-roll. Usually I do B-roll with the gimbal, but I think what I might do is try to do kind of swoop, just lateral swooping shots with the tripod. Does that make sense? So, you know, just spinning the camera on the tripod. Um, well, anyways, I'm going to probably try to do that with the big camera. And any time that I'm talking at the camera, uh, I'm I'm going to be using the big camera going forward. Didn't you get one of those uh, DJI Delios? No, I did no, not get the... one. Mm-hmm. I know what I you're thinking. I thought you of. got the the little camera. No, no, no. I I'd like to, but again, that's two three hundred about dollars or whatever it is huh. that I don't want to spend. If I were going to spend two or three hundred dollars on a camera, I'd rather get a drone or you know put save that for a drone. That's weird. I must have must have been in a dream or something. I'm <laughs> sure that I saw you shooting some film of your children with one of them. No, no, no. I do. I did on our on my private picture sharing iCloud thing. I did put up some footage of um, of the kids in Declan's Power Wheels, some of which was a GoPro and some of which was on my my phone gimbal, so which is also DJI. But none of that was the new DJI mini gimbal thing that you're thinking of. Hmm. OK. All right. What else is awesome these days? Uh, Linode. Let me tell you about Linode, Casey Liss. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. You can get it up and running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode serve their customers with the help of 10 data centers spread across the globe. And they're about to add more. Mumbai, India, and Canada will all have data centers before 2020. Linode features native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors, meaning you're able to serve your customers faster than ever before. And so you don't have to stress about overspending. Linode has designed their pricing tiers to feature hourly billing, with the added bonus of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services such as backups and node balances. Linode has pricing options available to suit everyone. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode have a special offer for listeners of this show, but you can go to linode.com analog and use the promo code analog2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months of service and with a seven day money back guarantee there is nothing to lose give Linode a try today go to linode.com analog and use the promo code analog 2019 to learn more sign up and make the most of that $20 credit our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM so I want to do some Relay Your Feels so please continue to keep sending those in I have a bunch of questions in the chamber but uh, listener Brad sent in a bunch, and I wanted to do some rapid-fire feels that all came from <laughs> listener Brad today. Alrighty. Question one: What vacation have you taken where you most felt like home? So that's tough because does that mean like you felt the most comfortable, or it literally felt like why where don't you, live? you take the answer to that question the way that you want to answer it? All right. Um, I think maybe. Maybe London, not in the literal felt like home sense, because obviously everyone talks with a much better accent and they drive on the wrong side of the road, et cetera, et cetera. But 
it felt oh that reminds me that reminds Uh-oh. me Uh-oh. about your video did you flip i don't the know footage? yeah i don't know what happened there i don't think i did but yeah it's backwards <laughs> you definitely did what the hell is you that? Did that yeah i don't know I, I was like why have you done this i don't think i did that deliberately what might have maybe it was upside down and i just i flipped it vertically and not horizontally or something it was not deliberate and i saw it at one point and then it completely fell off my radar and i and i was blind to it i wish i had fixed that. i was like yeah. watch it like what is he doing because yeah, 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 yeah. like you're getting out of the wrong side and then you're on the I other did. side it was so confusing i don't think that was anyway okay i don't think that was on purpose but how else could it have happened like i I don't know yeah i don't know what you did you may have done it by accident in the editing um like if you may be cropping it or adjusting it in some way you may have hit i don't know the best i can think Mm. of is like i said maybe it was filmed upside down for some reason and then when I flipped it vertically, I should have also Would flipped it horizontally. Would you need to do that, though? Is that how I, it works? I don't, I don't think know. that's how it works. Know. That's the only way that it can make sense in my head, because I agree with you. It's bananas. <laughs> anyway. Okay, um, okay. I'm glad I'm not losing my no, mind. No, no, no. It, it's made me lose my mind. <laughs> okay. In any case, to answer your question, uh, I think uh, London, uh, to some degree, I think New York, if you can consider that a vacation, because there was a time I lived very close to New York, uh, both of those places feel not literally like home, but feel, I I feel very comfortable there, even though they feel very different than home. And so they still feel like a vacation. And yet I'm still very comfortable there by and large. What about you? New York feels like the place, which is most like London, um, big city, Mm -hmm. uh, bustling, Mm -hmm. everything's available to you, um, culturally and ethnically mixed, right? Like it's, you know, it feels the most like London to me. Um, but the place that I felt the most, at ease was Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- I think those so are it depends answers. on your definition of home, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What is one part of your job that other people don't do that is mind-boggling to you? Brad expects that you're going to say unit tests. <laughs> so I think a couple of things, and I'm trying to make this rapid fire. Number one is unit tests. So unit tests are where you write code to test other code. And the idea is that... How do you test the unit tests? Yeah, that's a good question. It's testing all the way down. Um, now, mm. it, it, th- there's a philosophical discussion that that we can have, but uh, is not in the spirit of rapid fire feels. Um, <laughs> no, no, I but, don't want it. Honestly, uh, yeah, yeah. you so, know, I don't want. It. I know it's like a punishment for asking the question. Yep. This is this is this is my Mac Pro moment for you right now. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but anyway, I, I think not writing unit tests is pretty bananas to me. The other thing is not having some sort of like formal issue tracking. So for for Potter. I actually use GitHub issues. And so when I find a bug and even if I find it myself or if Mike makes a request of way some, the way, you know, he wants something to work differently, those get issues or tickets as some people call them. Uh, There's a formal place where those get recorded because to me, if you don't have that, you completely lose sight of, of the things you need to get done. And yeah, I know other people do it different ways or maybe just can keep it in their heads. But to me, it is mind boggling that it, when people don't have like a formal issue tracker for these sorts of things. What about you, Mike? There are many people in the podcasting industry that hand over their advertising to another company completely to manage for them. You're talking about like um, sponsors or you're talking about podcasters or both podcasters. Okay. So they're like, you know, you'll work with a company that, that will do your advertising for you. They'll sell it for you and, and et cetera. Um, and that is mostly fine. Like there, there are ways to do that, which makes sense, but there are many in- instances where that is the end of the transaction. 
And it feels like, and I know of the fact that there are a lot of podcasters who then they just kind of wash their hands with the whole situation. Like whatever ads a book, they'll take them, they'll read them. No questions. They're just going to do it. I find that very peculiar um, that, that people don't want to continue to have some kind of hand and or say in what is going on with their advertising. I find that to be strange. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is mostly built upon the fact that I do it as well as read the ads. Um, and if we do work with any uh, kind of boutique agencies or whatever, nobody can give me an ad that I'm just going to do, right? Like, and, and we we kind of make arrangements with lots of companies that are somewhat unique to the way that we like to work. Um, but we won't work with anyone that won't give us that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we want to see copy before we agree to it. We want to know about every sponsor before you pitch us to them, that kind of thing. Um, I find it strange that some people just give that up completely because it's your name on the line at the end of the day. So. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, Mike, what book did you read at just the right time? Triggers. So we did this as a Cortex book club. Um, I would recommend rather than reading the book that you listen to episode 66 of Cortex. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> well, just you don't, as, as always the way with these, right? You can get everything you need out of a book. Uh, well, okay, I should rephrase that. A lot of these books have a couple of interesting things to say, and they are filled up with stuff that you don't <laughs> want to read. So that is definitely one of these books. Um, but it had a couple of things, and it was super interesting. And one of them was the idea of having like a list of, questions that you ask yourself every single day um that really has been a great thing for me i have since kind of adapted it a lot to meet my own needs and i'm doing a very very different version of it than what i started with and what is recommended in the book and a lot of the structure that goes around it um but it gave me like the basis of thinking about how i wanted to it basically goes into my journal that I complete every day. I also ask myself a series of questions and because I figure that if I make some progress on each of these things, then I've had a good day. So triggers was triggers came at just the right time for me when I was thinking through some of that sort of stuff. I honestly don't think I have a good answer to this. And I think that's, you don't really read a lot of nonfiction. Exactly. Right. Like if I'm going to read some sort of long form thing, it's almost always fiction. I don't tend to enjoy nonfiction very much. And so because of that, I just, I'm going to have to pass on this. I don't think I have a very good answer. I'm sure that there are situations where fiction could give you this kind of uh, thing, but you just haven't, you know, that just hasn't Mm -hmm. happened for you. That's exactly right. But like, there's more than enough like reasons that like, you know, a book that has a particularly poignant message. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually a book that I think is going to do this for me but I haven't read it yet. It's called An Absolutely Remarkable Thing, and it's by Hank Green. Oh, yeah, was, I knew I'd heard of it. Mm-hmm. Right, who who has actually created PodCon. Um, but it, I think one of the... Th- I've seen some videos that he kind of made where he roughly talks about the book, and it seems like that there is an element of like how you deal with yourself in social media. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Right, so like this is... I've bought the audio book, and... I'm keeping the tab. This is what I do for myself. I keep the tab open in my web browser as like a constant bugging reminder of like, you got to read the book. 
Um, <laughs> so I will read the book. Sure enough. Hey, Mike, if forced to, which sport other than one that you may already love, would you become a super fan of? Basketball. What makes you say that? I like basketball. It's It's got the right level of action for me, like in kind of pace and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's got a lot of flair to it. Like it's a fun sport to watch. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, and I used to like basketball quite, I used to go to a lot of basketball games as a kid because there was a basketball league in the UK and what's it called the London Leopards. It was a team and their arena was like where I grew up was like a two minute walk away. Oh, so that's awesome. we used to go to London Leopards games quite a lot. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I was a basketball super fan, uh, when I was in middle school and I was living outside Chicago. The Chicago Bulls uh, had Michael Jordan as their star player, and they had oh, just the London Leopards are now the Essex Leopards. Oh, they oh. moved the team. Oh, that's good. Womp womp. So, anyway, so yeah, I was a basketball super fan. Then I just kind of when when Michael Jordan retired for the first of his seventeen retirements, I just kind of stopped paying attention, and we moved away from Chicago. And when I went to to college, uh, the Virginia Tech Hokies basketball team was not good, and so I never really paid attention to college ball. But now the Hokies are good and everyone, even the nerds I know, seem to be getting more and more into basketball. And so now I'm kind of starting to give basketball a happy side eye, if you will. So uh, I'm trying to pay a little bit more attention to both uh, Virginia Tech games, uh, Aaron's alma mater, UVA, the University of Virginia. They are also extremely good at basketball. So I'm trying to pay a little more attention to college ball and I might even find myself roped into the NBA. We'll see. I'm also not interested in doing it. (laughs) <laughs> like I, I'm not interested like you know this is might be one of those situations where people tell me about how I should like these are the ways you should get into basketball like I'm I'm sure but I'm just not interested in that right now Casey what was the time in your life where you were the most nervous I think all the cliche times um when I got married uh when both of my kids were born um some of the more unusual times though uh the first time I released uh, uh, Casey on cars, which was the quadrifolio. I was really scared then. Um, I didn't know the exact moment that Mar- that Marco was going to release the first neutral. I knew roughly when it was going to happen, but I didn't know exactly when. And I will never forget. I was at dinner. It was myself, Aaron and our very good friend, Phil. And all of a sudden my phone just almost vibrated off the table. And this was when I believe, if memory serves, I had 400 Twitter followers. You had notifications on forever. Then. Yeah, like, and I had like five. You know, makes sense. I had like five at mentions a day or something like that. And all of a sudden, my phone lit up, and I got real scared because I was nobody. I was nobody working, as we've covered many times on the show. That I was nobody working with these two like juggernauts, and I didn't know how that was going to be received. And and that nervousness basically persisted for like a year and a half. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Mike, how about you? My wedding day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. But there was a lot riding on it and it was in front of everybody. So, yeah. That, and, it, and it's different for you too because social media is a thing in 20, 2018, which it was not really in 2007. Like Facebook was sort of a thing, but um, it was very different for, for us when we got married because it wasn't it wasn't inherently a performative thing, if that makes sense. Like it was, of course, because mm-hmm. it was a wedding, but... No, it, I meant in front of everybody at the wedding, not in front of the world. No, no, but I'm what I'm trying to what I'm meandering toward is that for you it's both, right? Because you have all of these people, all of whom have a reasonably robust social media following, 
all of whom will post at least one or two things from the wedding. And so I feel like for you, it was performative because there's all these people that you care about right in front of you. And that's true for everyone at their weddings almost. But it's also doubly yeah. true for you because you have so many, and I hate to say this, this is my uh, feature creator moment. There's so many influencers here in the audience that- <laughs> Hashtag. The, hashtag influencer. That, that are going to be, you know, posting about this. Yeah. No, I, I understand that, but genuinely that that was not a concern for me. I, I understand why it could be, but that that was not, my my nerves all came from the regular stuff. Yeah, that's right. Fair. Like it, I I wasn't really thinking about important. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and mostly because like, what was what were people gonna, you know, like no one's gonna post something that's bad, right? Like, it, you know, you know what I mean? It's just yeah, yeah. like it, it that I can see how you could assume it makes perfect sense, but it, it wasn't something that was crossing through my mind at the time. Yeah, fair enough. Where would you most like to spend time? Near water or near mountains? Uh, both. I know that's not allowed, but. Well, I would say water because of beaches. I prefer beaches probably to mountains. Yeah, I have come around. Actually, both Marco and I during the rec- during the run of ATP have both independently come around to the beach. I don't. Neither mm. of us liked it at first. <laughs> Marco a little bit more than you, I think. But you well, both, yes. But he's <laughs> he has gone full beach. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think you know if if I had the means to pull off what Marco is is able to pull off, I would I would be at the beach much more frequently as well. But nevertheless, sure. Um, I, I do quite love the beach, uh, I, but I also love the mountains. And we used to live right by the Blue Ridge Mountains when we were in Charlottesville. We were only about an hour away. And we used to go on, quote unquote, hikes a lot um, on a weekend, you know, just go up and do a walk in the woods is really what it boiled down to. And I love that and miss that. But um, but it's easier for us to get to water. And that's typically what we do. And I do quite love the water. Mike, if uh, you could force Apple into a new product market, what would it be? Uh, I would like... Uh, for Apple to make a convertible laptop slash iPad tablet, basically the the Jason Snell iBook, make a make an iPad that is also in laptop form factor. Why not just buy a laptop, Mike? Because it doesn't run. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just I couldn't let I couldn't let it no, go. No, I appreciate it. you ask it, so it answers the question that that people will inevitably ask. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have two answers. And I don't think I would necessarily like these products if they were released, but I kind of want to see. Um, the first is an Apple infotainment system. So like take CarPlay, but it's 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 always there. You don't have to plug your phone in to get it. It's just there. You know, it's, it is your car's hmm. infotainment. Not that I think CarPlay is flawless by any means. There's a lot of problems with it, but I do think it's a pretty darn good take on a car's infotainment. And it's it's really well thought about and really well done. And the other thing I would like to see and I shouldn't say this out loud because I'm never going to live it down, but I think it would be fascinating is an, a true honest goodness Apple television. I think that would be interesting just because it would be presumably the best display technology in the world, presumably one of the best UIs in the world, and hopefully without all the dumb smart stuff that nobody wants. I think that mm-hmm. would be really, really interesting. I don't disagree with you. I don't know that I would like the product that they created for the record. I have a feeling yes. it would be way too much money and it would probably be not for me, but I think it would be yep. an interesting thing to see nevertheless. I agree with that. Like, I think it would be nice, right? But it's probably, well, I think it's definitely never going to happen now, uh, considering all of the partnerships that they're doing with other TV manufacturers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, for all of those rapid fire questions, listener Brad, uh, you should send in your own relay of field questions. Ask us anything, anything you want to hear about. Hashtag relay your field. Should send out a tweet. It goes into a spreadsheet. Uh, we promise we'll remember to do our episode on time properly again next time. <laughs> uh, we apologize for any inconvenience caused. Right, bye, everybody. <laughs>